Then you will truly be successful. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. Gotta work together. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. To those who love God. To those who are called. According to his We're in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 1. The words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, one of the priests at Anathoth in the territory of Benjamin. The word of the Lord came to him in the 13th year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, and through the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, down to the fifth month of the 11th year of Zedekiah, son of Josiah, king of Judah, when the people of Jerusalem went into exile. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you. And will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Oh, I feel like shouting. This is the end of our reading for today. Day 35 of our 90 day challenge. And today I want to talk to you about one of my favorite biblical characters in the Old Testament. His name is Jeremiah, also known as a weeping prophet. In layman's terms, Jeremiah is bivocational. He is a prophet over Israel, commanding and warning them to turn toward the ways of God. And then he is also a prophet to the nations. His reach is global. I remember three years ago when I got a brand new job at a church, I was super excited about the change that I was going to bring to this community. But before there could be real change, before I could really insert my ideas to build some new energy, I had to do a few things that were uncomfortable. Jeremiah reminds every entrepreneur, every creative, every purpose-driven person that before you get to the good stuff, there's going to have to be some difficult stuff. Hear the words of God spoken to Jeremiah. Today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot, tear down, destroy, overthrow, to build, and to plant. My friends, for every strategic design, there are six verbs that are necessary for every purpose-driven person. First, uproot. Don't be afraid to pull out old systems that are no longer working. Second, tear down. Sometimes the thing that has to be torn down is not structural, it's emotional. 
Third, destroy. Destroy anything that is antiquated that no longer serves the method because you are clear and committed to the message. Next, overthrow. Overthrow past experiences that don't serve the current moment and then build and plant. All of us want to plant. Very few of us want to uproot. But to do the hard work of purpose, you got to be willing to tear down first. I set you over the nations and over kingdom. Over what? Over what? To root out. That's a bad word. To pull down. That's a bad word. To destroy. That's a painful word. To throw down. Four painful words. And then to build. We trying to plant, but we ain't rooted out. We're trying to plant, but we ain't pulled down. We're trying to plant, but nothing has been destroyed. So it's not shocking to me when people walk away because you were a part of the root out. And I cannot build until you throw down. Oh, y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. So I know that they left me, but that was the first part before I plant you. And before I build you, before there's a building, there must be a rooting out. So thank you. You confirmed that he was building me. When you left me, you showed me I'm on my way. Can I get a 30-second praise from somebody who's in their pull-down season, who's in their destroy season, who's in their throw-down season, because I'm a little bit closer to my building season. <laughs> I pray God makes you allergic to everything that smells like old. I pray that God would give you allergies to the poison ivy of old. I pray that old will walk away from you. I, I don't know about y'all. I don't want my old struggle to be the same struggle that I have in 2021. Let it be said I'm coming to the altar for something new. Tell somebody this is confirmation. Tell somebody this is confirmation. He tells him that I have appointed you. You don't even have a choice in the matter. And I'm going to give you confirmation of the season of growth. You cannot grow until you uproot. You cannot plant a seed until you remove the debris and the dirt. You cannot grow at the level where you are. So you got to uproot. They left me uproot. They stole members. Those were never yours in the first place. So they basically were just bench warmers, preparing the way for the real harvest. We just reading the word. He said, I'm going to root out. So I'm asking you in this season, what has God rooted out? What has God rooted out? Stop telling God how angry you are for confirming your planting season. What has he pulled down? What has he pulled down and opened your eyes to see what you would not have seen if he didn't pull it down? What high place has he pulled down? What has he destroyed that you wanted God to repair? 
What did he rip apart that you've been spending all this time getting scotch tape to put together? And he's like, no, I destroyed it for your destiny. There is a destruction that is linked to my destiny. And then there's going to be a throwdown. Who did you want to fight this year? I, don't, I, I just want real people. Who did you want to fight this year? Who did you want to fight? Who did you want to throw down with to build and to plant? To build and to plant. Because we talk all about this is my season to plant. What we don't talk about is the preliminary. Is the root out, the pull down. And Joe, then he says, what do you see? Jeremiah is a prophet. He says, what do you see? Notice the conversation between God and Jeremiah in the first chapter of this beautiful book. God says to Jeremiah, I have ordained you to be a prophet. Jeremiah responds, but ah, Lord, I, I don't know how to speak. His knee jerk response is hilarious. Jeremiah opens his mouth and says back to God in a verbal manner. I cannot speak. Let me say it in Spanish. Yo no puedo hablar. <laughs> in other words, he uses his speech to tell God what he cannot do. And those same lips that could have told God yes, spoke back and told God no. But there is a second truth hidden inside the fabric of this text that I do not want you to miss. Jeremiah responds, I can't speak. But get this, my friends. God never asked him to speak in the first place. Jeremiah was called to be a prophet. And by definition, a prophet to the nations is not a preacher. Preachers speak. A prophet to the nations is not a politician. Politicians speak. A prophet is someone who hears from God and becomes God's mouthpiece. A prophet is a vessel used by God to foretell of things to come. When prophets do their job right, God speaks for himself. A prophet doesn't make up the script. She simply repeats what God has spoken. A prophet doesn't prepare a sermon. A prophet is the sermon. So the real thing Jeremiah needed was not to speak, but to hear. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If Jeremiah had spent more time understanding his job description and less time comparing himself to King Josiah, he would have seen that everything he needed was already in him. Glory. Maybe the lessons is to trust God with every part of your calling. God knows what you need for the assignment God has given you. And sometimes we get so distracted by the man made qualifiers that we don't pause long enough to ask, is this what God said to me or is this what people assume I need to be? Maybe just maybe you've been praying about the wrong thing all this time. You've been telling God you can't write or that you don't have enough money or that you need a spouse to accomplish the end goal. But what if God is saying that's not what I called you to in the first place and all things be clear. So, Sean, how do I get clear? I must go back to what God said. I must return to the version of my calling pre edit the original blueprint and dissect that thing piece by piece. What if your excuses are not roadblocks, but revelation points being too old or too young, too trained or not trained enough, too vulnerable or too guarded. None of that is an excuse. All of that is an engine. Your insufficiency is the X that marks the spot where you stop and Christ begins. 
Like so many in the Bible, Jeremiah's life was a blueprint to teach us something about God. So to those who struggle with comparison traps and comparison issues, Jeremiah had the same struggle. He was a prophet who compared himself to Josiah the king. And by the time Jeremiah is called, Josiah has been doing the king thing for 13 years. So Jeremiah felt like he had a lot of catching up to do. Why did God wait so late to make your calling clear? I get it. Trust me, I do. But comparing yourself to a king when you are actually a prophet will get you nowhere. It's apples versus oranges. So why compare yourself to the pastor in the neighborhood when you are a prophet to the nations? Why pray for a five bedroom home when God has called you to be a modern day missionary? God created you in a unique way with a diversity of gifts and comparison murders creativity. Idolatry ruins ingenuity. You are called to something dope. You've never been a cookie cutter anything. Don't let the God in you be reduced to a cheap clone of someone else. I got these words from Dr. Darius Daniels, and I pray you will never forget them. God only anoints the authentic you. So if you're showing up as someone else, your blessing can't find you. Don't discount yourself another day. Maybe, just maybe, your excuse is not an excuse, but an engine. So today, I want you to make a list of every excuse you've given God on one side of the paper. And then on the other side, I want you to write down how you will turn that excuse into an engine. At the end of the day, what God is asking you to do more than anything else is trust me. This is for somebody who may have wanted to give up. I know someone who you can trust and he'll never let you down. God is saying this, I will be with you. In your trouble, God says, I will be with you. In your heartache, God says, I will be with you. If you will only trust me, God is saying, trust me. He says, I'm your father, trust me. He also is saying, I'll never leave you. Friends may walk away, family may turn away, but God says, I got your back out. I'll, I'll never leave you. In your darkest hour, God says, I'll never leave you. If you will only trust me. God says, trust me. He says, I'm all that you need. Trust me. Not only that, but he said, I'll fight your battle. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. For the battle is not yours, but it's God. Don't try to fight the battle yourself. Let God do it.
in your heartache. Trust me. In your sadness. Trust me. Listen, God is saying, I am. I am. He says that I am. Myself. Just trust me. This is what he's saying today. what he's saying. Yes, he does. Hallelujah. Trust me. He says I'm Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. Put your trust in me. Trust me. And even in the midst please of recession, Lord, oh, oh, God says I own the cattle on a thousand hills. And I'm able to take care of you. Please yes, I Your will will 
Come on. 